Wow. Shut up about the YouTube channel. You took care of it more when you were employed. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> you had to avoid work somehow. I guess. <laughs> Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Robineau, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. Hey, and welcome to yet another episode of AT Banter. I am, of course, Robineau. And today I am joined, as per usual, by Ryan Fleury. Hello. And Steve Barkley. Good day, y'all. And hey, it's episode 51. 51. Yeah, we made it past the big F, uh, 5-0. The big... <laughs> I was going to say the big F-U, but... <laughs> that's a different show. Uh, that's uh, that's yeah. the After Hours podcast. That's right. <laughs> AT Banter After Dark. That's right, which we still need to work on. We still yeah. need to develop that. That's right. Uh, how was your week? Ducky. Pretty quiet. Really? I've, yeah. I've had a busy week. Have you? Yeah. And designing business cards and mugs and t-shirts Shh. oh i mean just i don't know i don't know what you're, i don't know what you're doing. I, I, nothing nothing no. i wasn't doing anything i was just nothing at all watching oh. netflix actually i finished watching the expanse season two. Oh, did you i i, have, I gotta get back to that you should it's I, it's I all aired it's on it's on cody <laughs> really can't talk about it okay we won't talk about cody but, but yeah and you've been watching american gods I've seen the first two episodes of American Gods. Yes. And what's your what's your take? It is beautiful. Um, the casting is phenomenal. The uh, the the effects I think are uh, fantastic. There's uh, there there was one goddess in particular that I was wondering how they were going to uh, yeah, handle I the, her. I know the scene you're talking about. And I thought they did a terrific job, like a really really good job of that scene. Um, I, I couldn't imagine how they could pull it off, and yet they did. Nice. So, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Well, cool. Yeah, no, I'll have to check it out. I haven't, I haven't watched any yet, because I generally like to wait till the whole season is aired, and then I can just, you know, bang Enjoy them off it. one after another. But Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, we should get to our show, because we actually have a very busy show today. We had some, we had some news uh, items drop this morning that uh, we need to address as well. Uh, yeah. Before we jump into talking with Victor Saren, who is with Google Accessibility. Uh -huh. So let's get right to it and let's talk about the this, bombshell. The big bombshell, which is Windowize is dead. Windowize, which is a, for those who may not be aware of it, was a very popular uh, screen reader for the blind. Uh, it's been around for, what, 15, 20 years? It's been around for quite a while, right? Oh, a long time, yeah. I, I can't even remember when it first started up. Okay, but so, but, but step me through this. So Window Eyes used to be owned by who? GW Micro. GW Micro, okay. And then they were bought by? They merged with VFO. No, they merged with AI Squared. The makers oh, right, the that's true, yeah. right. And then VFO bought right. AI Squared, right. which brought JAWS, Window Eyes, Zoom Text, and Magic all under the same roof. Right. And they were all fierce competitors with one another. Um, and 
some might actually say almost to a religious fervor. <laughs> really? Yeah. People who liked window eyes loved window eyes. People who liked Jaws loved Jaws. And if you put the two of them in a, in a room, you could uh, you you could uh, set up little uh, fight clubs. You know? Wow. <laughs> yeah, because they would advocate for their screen reader of choice. But I think we uh, I think we actually addressed it in a in a uh, earlier podcast. Um, we we predicted that you know they weren't going to run with two screen readers and two large print programs, and sooner or later they were going to start to harmonize their their product lines. Right. And here they go. So the the first off the block is uh, Window Eyes is being phased out, uh, and uh, Jaws is uh, going to be the uh, the screen reader from VFO moving forward. And I think we saw the first inklings of this happening when ZoomText 11 came out and there was support built in for JAWS. There was a lot more keyboard commands that were um, usable. Yeah, compatible. ZoomText compatible. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that was the first sign. Yeah, so the, I mean, the big question that comes out of this is what happens with for, for Window Eyes users, for starters. Um, and it looks like they've, they've developed a pretty good upgrade path for, uh, for Window Eyes users. Um, the other question, I guess, uh, which hasn't been addressed so far, or at least not that I've seen, is uh, what happens to ZoomText Fusion users. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I wonder if there might be a new Fusion right around the corner um, that melds JAWS with ZoomText instead of window eyes with ZoomText. Now, sir, refresh my memory. Uh, so Fusion was a mixture of uh, ZoomText and window, window eyes, right? right. Yeah. yeah. So it was a large print program with a complete keyboard controllable screen reader built in. So let's say you're starting out with you know, still some functional vision, but it's going to deteriorate over time. You can make that transition from using a magnification program to a full-on screen reader without having to buy another product. Right. When you reach that point. Well, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, I think that there's probably going to be a new a new version of Fusion just around the corner that's going to that's going to incorporate Jaws. Yeah, that'd it, be my guess too. Mm-hmm. But we shall see. So, did this surprise you guys at all? Um, it, it surprised me how quickly it came about. I thought they might run a little longer in parallel, um, but um, you know, I guess with the the changes that have come out to Windows of late, uh, you know, the Creators Edition has just just come out. Right. Um, you know, they they probably have to do some updating to Windowize to to make all of that work. And who knows what else is coming down the pipe from Microsoft that might change the landscape too. So it just doesn't make sense to have two parallel development programs for the same type of product. Now you were saying, Ryan, that the the price point between Window Eyes and Jaws wasn't that great, right? Yeah, I think in Canada, Window Eyes was you know nine hundred dollars, and Jaws was like eleven hundred if you wanted the home version. Yeah, that's before a dollar sank through yeah. the floor. <laughs> but still, only a difference of a cup, maybe a couple hundred bucks. So it's not mm-hmm. like they're removing a a sort of a mid range screen reader from the market. No, they're they're really they're really pretty fairly competitive pricing wise. Yeah. Yeah, and feature for feature, you know, both, both very comparable as well. Yeah. Hmm. But the upside for um, for VFO is they now own all the patents that WindowEyes filed. Mm-hmm. So any of the core technologies that they developed that um, 
Jaws might not have been able to use in the past, they'll be able to use going forward. So we'll see how that impacts the product in the next releases, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. So do you see this as a positive or a negative thing? I mean, I don't know. For me, like, it's always a negative whenever you're removing competition. But then again, I mean, they removed the competition when they when they merged. So well, not entirely. There is other competition out there. Um, you know, we were we were talking earlier, Ryan. We've got uh, we've got Dolphin. We've got uh, System Access. System Access NVDA, which is free. Um, you got Narrator, which Microsoft is really pushing. Right. So and of course the built-in Apple accessibility, which mm-hmm. you know has some no, people love. Yeah, has no competition. So I don't know. Uh, there, there still will be competition in the in the marketplace for sure. And a good chunk of it might be coming from NVDA. That's the one I hear mm-hmm. people talking about now. It's not. All the time. They're not talking about, uh, you know, any of the commercial products. They're talking about NVDA. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's free and it's pretty darn good. For what most people use, you know, Word, Internet, email, it cats meow. Yeah. Meow. Yeah. Well, we, uh, time will tell, I guess. Uh, you know, we'll see how this goes. I mean, now, <clears throat> wasn't, now there was some sort of a deal that Microsoft... Uh, had with window eyes as well where they were offering it free correct yeah it was the window eyes for office program so i believe if you had office 2010 or office 2013 you could actually apply to get the free version of window eyes and i think microsoft needed your window eyes serial number or the other way around i think gw micro needed your office serial number in order to get all that tied together but I think that program's going away now as well. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, you know, that it's probably not a coincidence that those two things, you know, like their, their contract with Microsoft and this announcement, you know, are tied together, I think. Yeah, what was the, the date? Was it January 2017 they were going to stop? Um, no, I think it was June. It should be in the printout. Yeah, uh, it's, it, well, it's part of the printout. Oh, it didn't okay. print out so good. Yeah, because January 7, 2017, it's already passed. Yeah. So I think it's this summer. Yeah, so they they posted uh, they posted some Q and A stuff on their um, on their website. Maybe we should uh, we should go through that. Sure. Um, first question was: I purchased Windowize technical support. What happens now? And they're saying Windowize technical support will continue to be offered by VFO. Uh, then they said I was using the free version of Windowize uh, for users of Microsoft Office and cannot afford to buy Jaws. What am I? Where am I supposed to go? Uh, VFO is committed to working with individual customers and has various options that migrating make migrating to JAWS affordable. Please contact VFO for assistance at 1-800-444-4443. Sounds a bit vague. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, it depends on what version they're at. Uh, and, uh, well, I guess if it's the if free they're using version, the free version, they're yeah. using the free version, right? But so. I, I, think they, I think they have some... Um, I think they they might have some subsidies available. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, then there's I purchased a copy of Window Eyes and now it is discontinued. Will I get a refund? Uh, customers who purchase Window Eyes will have their investment recognized. VFO has various conversion and upgrade programs in place to preserve this investment as the customer migrates to other products within VFO. So no, no, no refund. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is this is my this is my favorite question. I have been a user of Window Eyes for years and cannot learn a new screen reader. How will I survive? <laughs> well. Dear listener, as long as you keep drinking water and eating food, you will survive. 
Gloria Gaynor song. I would also rec- recommend a little bit of exercise. Uh, their answer, however, although it's always challenging to learn new technologies, many of the window eyes keystrokes and features are similar to JAWS. VFO will provide transition and training materials for free on our website to aid customers migrating to JAWS. Now, okay, so let, let me stop you there and let me ask Ryan, because you've used both programs, obviously. Is, mm-hmm. is that true? Are they are they very similar? Is, what would what would the learning curve of, of learning of, of a window eyes user picking up JAWS be like? Read the manual. Read the manual. RTFM, um, people. Yeah. RTFM. You know, I started out with JAWS when I first lost my sight. And, you know, only in the last probably, you know, five years did I start playing with window eyes. And there are keyboard commands that aren't the same. You know, I could do insert F11 with JAWS to bring up the system tray. Yet in window eyes, it's insert S. So totally different commands. Um, and there's going to be, there is going to be a learning curve. So you will want to take a look through the manual or quick reference or listen to some of these tutorials that VFO has put out to get up to speed with the, the, the change. So what's your take on it then? Like, So if somebody who's an experienced Window Eyes user... They're going to hate this. Well, obviously. But I mean, <laughs> like, really, is it is it just a matter of they're going to need to learn new keyboard commands? Like, the functionality of the two programs are very similar? Yeah, they're either going to... They're either going to take the time and learn the new commands, or they're just going to jump ship and go to MBDA. Yeah. Well, I think that's... I think there's going to be some market shift there where people aren't going to keep buying their screen reader unless they need it in a work situation. Well, yeah. And I mean, certainly, you know, when you're, when you're buying SMAs and stuff, you know, it's it might make more sense to just, if you're going to have to learn a new program anyways, yep. just just bail on the whole thing and, uh, and learn MDVA. Yeah. Wasn't there a fairly significant difference between the scripting languages behind them as well? Like JAWS had its own scripting language and didn't Windows use uh, set visual files? Set files? Yeah, which oh. I think were which were Visual Basic. Yeah. Um, but they were called set files. And um, reading a few tweets that Brian Hartson put out, you know, he was saying that, um, I think in our previous podcast with him, that the JAWS scripting language was a lot more flexible and functional than set files were for window eyes. He was able to do more with the JAWS scripting than he could with Windows set files. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, you know, um, another window eyes user, Jeff Bishop, who creates a lot of window eyes set files as well, was saying, you know, I guess the time is now that that's not going to happen anymore. He's not developing anymore. So, you know, everybody who's using these set files at some point in time, they're, I think in the documentation there, it says they're just going to stop working, you know, I think Freedom Scientific has said they're going to continue to support it up until a certain date. But the next creator's update comes out around September now. And so is WindowWise actually going to be secure to run on that OS? Don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the big unknown right now. So uh, last uh, last question uh, that they uh, posted here is, what is the difference between JAWS 18 Home and JAWS 18 Pro? And they say there is no difference in functionality between JAWS 18 That's Home right. and Don't get JAWS 18 Pro. On that. The Home version is restricted to non-commercial use and is not authorized for use in work or commercial environments. Additionally, the SMA price for JAWS Home is $120 versus the professional SMA, which is $200. And those, of course, would be U.S. dollar uh, prices. <clears throat> Ludicrous. Really? Well, I don't know. Could briefly, can you? What's what's your take on that? I I totally disagree with the whole Jaws Home and Jaws Pro. 
Windowize, there was one version. You had Windowize Professional that worked on everything. JAWS Home now works on everything. JAWS Pro also works on everything. The only difference is if I tell Freedom Scientific I'm using my JAWS at work, they're going to tell me I need to buy JAWS Pro. That seems a little bit silly. It is silly. Well, I think that's a holdover from way back in the early days of JAWS because back in the early days of JAWS, they got, they licensed some code, I believe. I, this is this is a vague recollection, and, and don't don't hold me to this, but uh, I, I seem to recall that they had a licensing agreement with somebody for some of the base code of JAWS that allowed it to work on Windows NT. That, that's that's going back, mm-hmm. um, and they basically signed a deal that said that they would have JAWS Home and JAWS Pro and they would pay a licensing fee to the people for JAWS Pro in perpetuity. Hmm. So I think that's probably probably why there's still two flavors. flavors. Because you're right, it doesn't need to be, but uh, I think that's that's probably a holdover of a licensing agreement. Hmm. Interesting. Well, if somebody knows for sure, let us know. Sure. You you get get on the stick and get us Get, get us talking to somebody from VFO. Some, I'm on the somebody, stick. Somebody call Glenn Gordon. We need yeah, Glenn Gordon. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. No, sorry, wrong Gordon. That's yeah. right. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be interesting. It'll be something to keep an eye out. Yeah, I think I might just join a couple message boards and just watch the conversation flow. Yeah. Oh, so. I imagine they're pretty active today. <laughs> yeah, and certainly if anyone has any thoughts at all, give us a shout. AT Banter Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, I got it right. Wow, you got, right. got it right. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been a year, so I figured I'd better learn it. I spent the whole weekend just doing nothing but standing in front of a mirror practicing it. We've talked about that for a while, so but so we better uh, we better bring our, our special guest on. Yeah, Peter Petter. Let's get at her. Hello. Hi, Victor. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks so much for joining us today. No worries. I've got a couple other colleagues here with me, so we're going to gang up on you. Okay. I've got Rob Minot. Hello. Hey, guys. And I've got Steve Barkley. Hey, Victor. How's it going? Hi, guys. Well, hey, so thanks so much for joining us today. It's uh, my pleasure. Well, actually, I'll say it afterwards. <laughs> That's right, because you don't know. You don't, yeah, because I don't could, know yet. That's right. It could not be a pleasure at all. It could have been just a giant pain in the ass, but... Uh, yeah, we're, we're just here to rake you over the coals. So. That's right. Okay. Well, so you know what? Let's Let's start things out. Let's start, let's start out with a softball and just tell us a little bit about what uh, Google accessibility is and what the, the what the mandate is. Um, so I think you know Google accessibility is a pretty broad I guess definition that uh, encompasses probably our activities uh, in the accessibility field in general. Um, so you know just like many other companies we have our accessibility effort that includes you know teams who work on accessibility. It includes um, events that we attend, it includes things that we do on the web. Um, you know, it just includes um, anything that Google does to promote accessibility um, worldwide and um, inside enterprises as well as for just our users. And that's across all, all the Google platforms and all the, all the Google um, apps, correct? Yeah, that's the intent, right? So that anything that Google puts out there um, you know, has you know, accessibility thinking behind this or will have at some point or, you know, pro- work in progress, whatever it may be. And uh, tell, us, tell us, Victor, what exactly is your position at Google Accessibility? 
So I work on a, a team called Android Accessibility Services. Uh, specifically, I'm focusing on TalkBack Screen Reader, uh, but you know our team works on other products such as Select to Speak uh, for um, people who have physical disabilities. Um, sorry, um, s s um, switch access for people who um, have physical disabilities, as well as Select to Speak, which is the new service we launched for people who have print, dis print disabilities. Um, but TalkBack tends to be what gets most attention, um, you know, because TalkBack users are so loud and clear. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, my role on the team is uh, I'm a uh, person who is responsible for sort of uh, creating the vision for the product uh, and then um, helping out technically whatever necessary as far as the accessibility is concerned. And, and so and how, how long have you been doing that? Uh, I joined Google about two years ago. Um, I started out with um, Google Plus and some other social initiatives such as Photos, um, worked a little bit with Hangouts team, and then I moved to Android, um, I would say about a mm, year and a half ago. Time flies, so I don't keep track of <laughs> something like something like that. And for those people who may not be aware of it, tell us a little bit about what exactly Talkback is. So Talkback is a screen reading screen reading utility for people who are blind. Um, allows uh, those users to interact with their mobile devices through gestures uh, as well as external keyboards. So it's in, in that sense, it's no different from other screen reader, except that we specifically focus on Android platform and on different, uh, different uh, formats, for example, whether you're using a tablet or a phone or, um, or just use a phone uh, via the Bluetooth keyboard. So TalkBack is responsible for handling input and output for the user. It's a little geeky what I just said, but essentially it's a screen reader. Oh, that's okay. You're on the right podcast for geeks. Yeah, so <laughs> we're yeah. huge geeks here too. I'm totally blind and, myself. And also as, as of recent, uh, TalkBack also runs on some of the uh, Android watches from LG, mm -hmm. such as Sports, um, and, and then some other manufacturers is picking up TalkBack. So that's, that's a new form factor that we started supporting recently. Oh, that's cool. Uh, sorry, Ryan, what were you saying? Um, well, I was just going to say that, you know, I'm blind myself and use TalkBack on my Android phone every day. So, you know, I really appreciate the efforts that go into developing a product like that. Can you talk about maybe the development cycle of TalkBack? Like, is there a major version every quarter? Yeah, so in general, our cycle is about, you know, eight to, uh, eight, eight to nine weeks. Uh, things sometimes slip depending on... Uh, uh, let's say our team is also involved in other projects um, that have to do with Android platform in general. And so sometimes we slip the schedule depending on if there are other needs we need to cover. But in general, I would say three months is a fair fair um, timeline that I could put forth. So, so every three or four months, we uh, tend to release a new version of TalkBack. It's... Um, it is tied to uh, Android releases, but not uh, as strongly, for example, as other platforms such as iOS, where VoiceOver comes out um, only with iOS updates, right? The major versions happen. So we do try to put uh, major features um, 
in Android versions. So, for example, if there's a new version coming out, we try to uh, align it with TalkBack and put in some uh, new features that have to do specifically with that mm, release of Android. So, for example, in uh, you know every release of Android will include some new APIs or some new um, features that that uh, open up new possibilities for screen readers. So that's when TalkBack would um, have its major update to incorporate those new APIs. But aside from that, we're not really tied to Android in any way. We can release anytime we want. It's what's known as unbundled release, which means we can push updates of TalkBack through Play Store. Right. And so in that respect, our schedule is fluid, but uh, on average, we try to keep it to three, four months months, um, schedule. And do you find you get a lot of feedback from the community at all? Yeah, so we uh, our two major channels of feedback are through uh, two uh, Google groups, Ice Free, uh, which is a um, group that's um, overseen by Google. We don't actually run the group, but we just oversee to make sure that things don't get out of hand, you know, like with spam. And mm-hmm. but other than that, we keep the group pretty free. We don't try to restrict people on on the topics they can talk about. We try to make sure it's Android related, but other than that. Um, and then the other group is called VI Android, VI Android, as as in visually impaired um, Android users. Um, the other major channel is obviously conferences and conventions and things like that, or any training we happen to do, or partnerships with AFB or NFB. So those are probably our two major sources of feedback. Um, other than that, you know, users can submit feedback through standard uh, means. If you go to Talkback settings menu at the bottom of the screen, there's a link that says help and feedback. So you can just submit feedback. And so we get lots of users writing to us in that way. And is Google I.O. this week? And are you there? Yep. Google I.O. is starting up uh, on Wednesday. And uh, yes, this is the time you will hear about what's new in Android and uh, Talkback. Excellent. So, uh, can you give us a sneak preview? <laughs> um, probably no, because it's better, <laughs> it's better to hear it from the stage. It's much yeah, it's... more you know, pompous. Yeah, we, we don't have flash pots here or, yeah. or, or bikini-clad yeah. girls or anything. With so, do you know? Yeah. Do you know if Google I/O is streaming? Like, can people watch it yeah. online? Yeah, absolutely. So the the first day, I believe, is going to be all mainstreamed. Um, oh, sorry. Stream all streamed live, I meant to say. Right. Um, so it's going to be streamed live. I believe there are YouTube links, but also if you uh, download the Google I.O. 2017 app, uh, they will be providing links to um, uh, streaming videos. Okay. So it can be watched that way. But also it will be archived for later. So I'm sure there will be lots of opportunities to follow um, what's going on with I.O. And, and after that. Cool. Yeah. If you were at CSUN last year, actually, you could have, uh, you may have been lucky to get some of the sneak pre, uh, sneak peek uh, previews at what's coming up. But I think we didn't really explain too many things. It was sort of like, hey, um, you know, come in here. And if you understand what we're talking about, then please <laughs> ask questions. <laughs> yeah, no, we weren't. Not there, exactly but... that way. But it, it, yeah, we sort of gave people an idea of what exactly we're working on for O. Um, but, uh, but we're going to be fully explaining that uh, on Wednesday. Right. Um, and how important is community feedback to you guys? I mean, I would say, I, well, first of all, I'm myself a screen reader user, so it matters to me personally. 
but for Google, it does matter a lot because you know when you're a big corporation, uh, oftentimes you do have to make certain decisions because you know um, we take user feedback, but at the end of the day, we have to take everything that users say, and oftentimes you know how it goes with users, right? A lot of 50% users say we like this feature, and other 50% of absolutely hate it. And we're the ones who have to make a final call and say, well, we think, you know, this these 50% of users is more more correct than the other 50 or whatever. I'm sort of stretching it a little bit, but mm -hmm. you see where I'm going with this. Uh, and so user feedback is critically important. I would say with accessibility, I uh, and I keep stressing this everywhere I, I publicly speak or on Twitter, we don't get enough of it. I, I do feel that, you know, users of accessibility tools should be speaking out more and yes sometimes it's not a very pleasant feedback but you know um, I take that than no feedback at all because it makes it easier for us to to see whether people like what we're doing um, and you know of course it's very nice to get positive feedback not just negative feedback but I would say um, again user feedback is super critical uh, because I just think uh, people with disabilities don't get uh, heard enough right uh, and so i think this is uh, today we're in such an amazing world where there is way and and i've seen that twitter storms and <laughs> all kinds of twitter campaigns have done a lot of good for us you know developers do listen if enough people speak up right so so well, it's critically important well certainly and i mean it also you know it shows the company itself that there you know what there's a demand there's there's exactly. a there's a big audience for this and you're making a good point there too, which is it, it, then it, it sort of gets into this whole business sense, right? The first question people always like ask, well, how many screen viewer users are out there? And I was like, well, um, according to the census, blah, blah, blah. And then you get into this sort of plain speak. Right. Uh, you know, numbers are numbers, right? But at the end of the day, if I can pull up, a, you know, 10 tweets or mm -hmm. 25 tweets and they say, well, you know, this feature really works well, but it could work better, it always speaks much louder than than any numbers from us you know census bureau you know what i mean yeah right sure so yeah do you do you have any involvement with uh, brailleback yeah so that's one thing i forgot to mention sorry uh, brailleback also is on our team um and this is probably one of the products that hasn't received much love within the last year and the one thing i can say here is that we are keenly aware of the fact, and I think this is going to be one of our big priorities for the next year. Um, the reasons are pretty simple. Um, it, we basically have to do um, a lot of refactoring within Brailleback itself to do all of the things that people are asking for, you know, like integration of Brailleback into TalkBack and make your Brailleback work better across devices and so on and so forth. So it is definitely on the list. Um, of things, uh, and it's going to be one of the big priorities for us going forward. Again, I'm a Braille user, so it matters to me personally. Right. We we had a, a, a conversation with Jonathan Mosin on the podcast a while ago, and yeah. one of my uh, one of my big predictions that I've been calling for for years, and and which has has completely failed to come, was I've always predicted that people would switch away from mainstream Braille note takers and start moving to. Uh, accessible devices uh, just pairing them with uh, with braille displays yep. and uh, I asked Jonathan you know why why he thought that, uh, that that hasn't happened and he said the main reason it hasn't happened is because the braille support has just not been robust enough on on any of the platforms 
Uh, yeah, and you know, and, and this is pro this is a good point you're making. So I myself use very ultra uh, braille note taker, mm -hmm. and honestly speaking, I could totally live without it. But it's it's the convenience of pressing the button and having braille pop up on your display, and you not having to do anything else. You know, it's just it's why people buy certain phones versus you know versus other phones because it's the you know how much time does it take for you to get to start doing what you need to be doing right and i think right now i and i would say on all major platforms we haven't gotten braille to the point where it feels that way it's always finicky you know you turn on braille display mm -hmm. the bluetooth doesn't engage you turn it off again it still doesn't work you press the power button oops now it started working okay let's get <laughs> to doing something right and you know it's it's great but at the same time it's not you know, from the point of view of average user, this is not where we want to be. If we want Braille to be, you know, used, um, you know, uh, with off-shelf devices such as mobile phones. Yeah, and there's there, there's some some pretty big work that has to go into it if you're going to support things like well, that's, uh, Braille yeah. and input and yeah. output. And, yeah, yeah. You're totally right. And I think one thing that has happened, I've, I've been watching over the last two seasons, is that we see that um, some Braille note taker manufacturers actually start installing. Uh, Lollipop, for example, or, or Marshmallow, Android, mm -hmm. as as their platform um, for you know to run Braille, and I think that's that's an interesting shift. It's an intermediate shift, meaning that they're going to be running the mainstream um, platform, uh, but they will be powering uh, it with their own Braille uh, applications. For example, if you take in Keynote Suite, right? I mean, right. Uh, sorry, Keysoft. Key uh, I mean, these guys have done a lot of work, and, and honestly speaking, for Brailleback or for any other, I'm just going to use Brailleback because I can. Uh, I don't want to speak for other platforms, but to get to the same level of accessibility and ease of use, I mean, that's going to take an entire team of engineers, right? Because these guys have, I mean, they've compiled so much experience. If they have so much code they've written to make things easier for the Braille user, that again, you know, to build this into the mainstream product. It's not a no small feat, you know. It's not; an, it cannot be done. But as you can imagine, with a multitude of other priorities, this isn't going to be easy. And competing with a company that spent their, you know, years and years yeah, building, like they've got a twenty-five year head start it's on not you. Be easy, exactly. Yeah. So. All right. Well, but, we'll give you a pass on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, but but, I, but I'm really happy to see that there are actually, you know, like this Korean company. Uh, I forgot their name H right now, H -I -M -S. but this time it. Sorry? HIMS? HIMS? Uh, maybe HIMS. HIMS. But there was another one that I've seen their cool Braille display with Alexa um, uh, Assistant built in. I think there was a really? button. They did some little hackery to. Hmm. Uh, but they were able to do that because they run on Android. And so we see a lot more uh, Braille note taker uh, manufacturers switching to that because they're able to get access to mainstream features people expect from their mobile phones. Now, good luck building that into a, a uh, you know, self-closed braille note taker like very ultra you know mm -hmm. this is never going to happen right so so i think there's there's a light um somewhere there flickering <laughs> well and it's going to be huge too because you know it's going to mean a lot to the end user to be able to be able to do everything that they need to do on one device and one platform Exactly. Well, and also for education, you know, the, where where I see Braille note takers being sold primarily is in education, and teachers are not going to switch 
off of platforms like that until they know that they have things like robust math support. Right. You know, you have to be able to do both UEB and Nemeth math braille on that device before they're going to make the move. You know, it, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, sure. word processing and, and email and web browsing. Um, Mind you... Yeah, and you're so right. And I think we haven't even gotten it solved uh, in Braille per se. I mean, you look at UEB and things that, I mean, we have, you know, great things that happen there. But, you know, clearly, you know, even UEB needs a bit of work to be um, sort of, you know, friendly with languages and all kinds of notations. And so now you take this and you put it on the mainstream platform, you know, now suddenly you have to, you know, make sure it integrates with the rest of the things, right? Smileys, emojis, I mean, you know, you name it. Mm. Things that people will want to do with their brand new note takers, right? Right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do, you, do you guys get involved at all in the, in the, um, the committees that uh, are involved in setting standards for things like UEB? No, I'm not aware. I haven't been, and I doubt, that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, Google has been involved in any way that, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I think it's primarily uh, educators who uh, uh, who get into that, but uh, uh, I'm not aware of any manufacturer that that's involved at that level. It would be interesting to see. Would be great though, yeah. I think. Yeah, it would be. I just can't wait for the, to see the Braille chart for the emojis. Like I, want, I want to know. I want to know what the Braille code is for the poop emoji. Yeah. Well, you know, and yeah, exactly. And so, with with uh, millions of Unicode characters that are available, I mean, you've seen the the number of emojis you now have on, on keyboards. I mean, mm -hmm. there's like hundreds and hundreds. I think we'd have to, in, uh, you know, invent a new Braille. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> 18,000 dot braille. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So can you talk um, about Chromevox, what it is, mm -hmm. and if there are plans to... I know a lot of Chromebooks now, some of the newer ones, you can actually run Android apps on your Chromebooks. Is there mm. plans or... Um, are are plans we seeing a to merge them? Yeah, are we seeing a convergence of these uh, two platforms? Yeah, so um, so for people who may not know, Chromevox is a screen reader uh, that is, um, has been written entirely for Chrome OS and on Chrome OS. Uh, there was an extension, there still is an extension in Chrome Store, which you can also download if you're on Chrome browser. But it, 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 um, it's largely going to stay just on kind of maintenance mode, and I don't think it will get any new updates. Most of the efforts go into Chrome OS. Um, and so it's... It, it, it is a screen reader and has all the functionality you would expect from a standard screen reader, you know, web browsing, uh, some Braille support, um, you know, navigation through the desktop and toolbars and all, all those good stuff. Um, it has um, control. You can control how it speaks and what it speaks. And so the other thing you just referred to, um, about, you know, two years ago, maybe even um, earlier than that, um, no, maybe not earlier than that, but well, let's just say within the last two years, there has been an effort to put Android, uh, to allow Android Play Store apps run on top of Chrome. <clears throat> so this is a in the beta channel, so it's not a big secret. Um, so the way things work right now is that TalkBack works really well. So when, when uh, Chrome OS detects uh, that uh, you switch to a window that runs Android app, uh, for example, let's just say Skype for Android or something like that. 
TalkBack will automatically kick in and now you will be using TalkBack instead of Chromevox. Hmm. Uh, we are looking into potentially, um, if not merging and making to work these two products together closer. In fact, some things have been done under, under the hood to, to make sure like smooth transition between windows. So Chromevox shuts up when TalkBack speaks and so on and so forth. Um, you know, uh, there is um, there are experimentation going on uh, to see how close we can get those products together, but there's nothing that you know we can announce at this point. The convergence will probably continue. Um, I don't think it'll get to the point where you could you know complete, uh, that Chrome will completely Chrome OS will swallow Android. Uh, but as of right now, the idea is to allow. Um, uh, Android apps to run on Chrome OS so that if people want to use a, a feature or a specific functionality that's not available on Chrome OS, they can always download an Android app and just use it um, side by side with other Chrome OS apps. So it's actually very cool. I mean, if, if you haven't tried it, it's actually kind of cool experience, almost seamless actually. So um, now that Chrome uh, Chromebooks also support touch exploration, so um, if your tablet, uh, if your uh, laptop Chromebook supports touch uh, screen, then you can actually use both TalkBack and Chromevox with touch exploration. So that's kind of cool. Very. Yeah. Will there be a new Pixel at I.O.? Uh, you mean new phones? Uh, no, new Chromebook? Uh, um, I, you know. Uh, we'll find out. <laughs> Ryan, stop trying to press them for information. Good try. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> he almost got it right. Almost got him. Yeah, almost got it. <laughs> got to try. Yeah. So, um, as as a user, um, what uh, what do you use alongside your uh, your Android devices? Like, what what sort of apps do you use on a regular basis uh, that you you think? Uh, your average uh, user would be interested in? So, you know, uh, as a background, I was actually an avid iOS user before I joined Google. Um, and uh, when I switched to Android, well, I primarily switched because, um, you know, I, you know, if I'm working on a product, I'd better str uh, struggle the same struggle as the rest of the users. That's always been my motto. You know, I can't cheat. Um, I do have an iPad at home, which I primarily still use for my music apps because I bought so many you know, music libraries and things like that, but irrelevant to this conversation. Um, but when I switched to Android, I started actually realizing most of the things you need to do on Android or you were able to do on iOS, there's pretty much an app to do the same thing on Android. Mm -hmm. So I use Skype, I use uh, Facebook, I use Facebook Messenger, I use LinkedIn, I use uh, Twitter, I use, um, uh, let's see, what else is there? I use Flipboard, um, you know, I use obviously a bunch of Play Store, uh, Play, uh, uh, Google Play apps. You know, Google uh, Play Music, Play Books. Right. I use Hangouts, obviously. Um, you know, all the stuff. You know, Wells Fargo for banking. Um, you know, E-Trade. I mean, gee, honestly, pretty much anything I ever needed to use on iOS, I could find the same app. And some of them actually work even better on Android than they do on iOS. Sure. Right. Uh, so it's actually interesting to see that many users probably not aware because you know for, for so many years android kind of has this negative uh you know people always sort of android has been as negative 
sometimes for the right reasons, sometimes not, but that's what it was. And I think within the last year, we've significantly, I think, boosted. Uh, that's at least my feeling based on user feedback, that that um, reactions are much, 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 much more positive. I mean, we have people coming to us free saying like, hey, I, I'm finally ready to switch to Android, you know, things like that, you know, and then people suddenly realize, you know, the difference between pl two platforms isn't all that great, you know. Right. We sometimes find issues with hardware because if you buy some cheap, you know, Chinese device that um, is not as responsive or they've, they've put some custom software and that suddenly standard um, Android features don't work anymore, but that's kind of outside of Google's hands you know right. we can't always control that sort of experience but as far as pure android experience i would say it's pretty gotten pretty close to other platforms and how far back does android support go you know being that android is so fragmented there's still phones out there running gingerbread and yeah um so, you know, which got yeah, a real challenge for you guys yeah, that's a great question. So in uh, Talkback 5.04, which came out, I think it was last last May, I think, something like that. Um, wait, last May. It's already May. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, anyway, like about a year ago, maybe slightly later, like July of last year, we had to make a conscious decision to finally cut support for Jellybean and KitKat. And... Part of the reasons was that, well, first of all, um, it, 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 uh, it's, a, it's a nightmare to try maintaining, mm -hmm. um, you know, such old phones. But also we, we, were, we were spending so much time on trying to maintain these other platforms that we couldn't spend more time on actually delivering the value for users of newer phones. So right now we are supporting all the way back to Lollipop, which is uh, Android 5.1. And I think we plan to keep it that way at least, you know, for some time uh, because we have all the necessary APIs to keep the experience pretty good. Uh, when we feel like this is no longer the case, we'll probably start cutting support for uh, those older devices. But certainly we are aware of the fact that since the, you know, majority of users on, of Android are from outside of the United States, you know, buying a $700 phone mm -hmm. isn't an option for many of our users. And so we're keenly aware of that. And so we try to keep TalkBack as backward compatible as we can. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, yeah, that's probably as much, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. Are you guys currently working on a beta for Android O? Yes, so there will be, uh, so the Android O that will be um, you know, the features we'll be talking about on Wednesday will also include a new beta of TalkBack. Um, so those people who will be subscribing to the beta, public beta of Android O, they will be getting an entire new uh, TalkBack okay. experience. Yeah, so, you know, tune in, uh, tune in <laughs> for the stream and you'll be able to hear about it and I'll be actually demoing features, so. Excellent. And so is there a TalkBack beta program people can enter into? Yeah, there is a beta program. Um, the link is something that I can't remember right now, but you know, if you guys have some kind of show notes where you want to post a link, I would be happy to send it to you later. Yeah, we absolutely um, do. So, yeah, so there is a beta program. Anybody can sign in, and uh, you know, it's a public beta. Uh, you have to be a member of the Ice Free list to join the beta. Uh, we we may revise these rules in the future. We realize it's not convenient for all the 
you know people who want to be part of the beta but that's that's the way it has been set up for some time now and so we don't want to break that flow just yet so you can always subscribe to ice free and then if you feel like it's too heavy you can you know put yourself on like silent mode right but you have to be signed up with the same address that you signed up with the ice free to the ice free uh, group is there anything you want to share with us Victor, that you think listeners would be would like to know more about yeah i mean i, I would uh suggest like i said before feedback is really important i hope i don't know how many of of your listeners are users of of uh, android and talkback in particular i would encourage people to give if you try talkback you know often hear people oh i tried uh, android five years ago and i didn't like it <laughs> well you know five years is up so it could be <laughs> an right. opportunity to give it another shot um at least to have uh, an alternative uh because i think oftentimes people you know for, for understandable reasons, we keep using what we're used to. And I would like to encourage people to give Android another shot or if you just want to be exposed to some, some new things that are going on, um, please do and uh, send your feedback. Um, subscribe to the Ice Free list. Um, it can be heavy at times, um, like I said, but um, it's probably, you know, the easiest way to get an idea of what's going on with Android and also you'll get a good uh, helping hand from other users who are you know avid Android users and they know the platform in and out so you wouldn't be left alone uh, there's another I would like to sort of put in the plug for user driven community called inclusiveandroid.com um, it's uh, it's a portal where you can learn about different apps that are accessible on Android users rate them uh, there's a bunch of audio tutorials on this website, so it's probably the largest user community website out there that ha that deals with Android. So, so I would definitely encourage you know people to check that out. So it's inclusiveandroid.com. Perfect. Great. All right, Mr. Victor Zarin, thank you so much for joining us today and talking. Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for um, having me uh, chat with you. It was uh, now I can. <laughs> say it was a pleasure <laughs> it was a lot of fun thank you so much the Excellent. pressure's off guys well, thank yeah. you alrighty bye bye thanks Victor thanks, thanks bye. Victor bye that was cool I was nice to talk to somebody from Google finally mm -hmm. yeah yeah indeed it's nice you know he, he nice to hear that he's a braille user because uh, it, it would be really cool to see uh, robust braille support in uh, in uh, Android well you uh, know if they say if that's if that's the one thing that's holding back um people you know just ditching note takers altogether uh you know that could be the next big leap forward and it makes sense it makes sense that it everything you should be able to do everything from one device on one platform period yeah yeah and and it shouldn't cost you an arm and leg to do it either well that's the other yeah. thing yeah. you know uh what is it 1500 bucks for a, well no actually it's more than that i mean what how much how much does a note an average note taker cost like three Five grand, grand. Four yeah, five, 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 six grand. See, that's yeah. ridiculous. You yeah. know, if you, you, you know, you have to buy that. Plus, you know, you already have a phone. That's another 800 bucks. And, yep. you know, it's ridiculous. I thought it was a lot of information. Yeah, no, it's a, it was it was a nice connection to make. And, and it'll be a good one to loop back to, too, down the road, you know. To yeah, I see, think so. You know, we'll keep, keep track of what what's going on you know ryan's gonna keep on getting the updates and it sounds like he wants to get onto that uh that yeah. beta list yeah you should yeah. so yeah we'll be able to get uh 
get info from Ryan and then loop back to Victor and see how, how his pathway's going. Mm-hmm. See, we really should have let Victor know that this isn't going to air until Friday and and uh, the the conference isn't, I think, starts Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's all going to be old news by the time this airs anyways. But he does know that for sure. That's true, because if he did yeah. break something, we would, right. we would go right out. Yeah. I'd edit this today and get it out. Breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking. No, I'm just kidding, Victor. Sorry. We would never throw you under the bus like that. But no, that should be interesting. It'll be, which, it should be. which you'll find out when this airs on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. We'll have to find the Google I.O. streams and sit sit down here on Wednesday and just listen to it all. Yeah, for what's sure. What's going on. Yeah, yeah. Is, I don't know. What's your take on it? Have you heard any rumors of uh, what, do you, what do you figure they're going to announce? I haven't heard a thing. It's really? been pretty quiet. You know, I listened to This Week in Google, which is a, another podcast, and, you know, there's really no speculation as to what's coming. A lot of people are waiting for a new Pixel C Chromebook, um, you know, to compete with Samsung's, because Samsung has one now that runs Chrome, but you can also install Android apps. Right. So, yeah, there's there hasn't been a lot of news at all from what I've seen or heard. Well, that'll be interesting. Android O is the big, the big new thing that's hit beta. Who knows what we will be talking about next week? Indeedy. I do, I do. Well, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> actually, no, I don't. Actually, <laughs> no, no I you, I do. actually, you know, you don't. Y- you kind of do. <laughs> you know some sort of. of. Sort of. Yeah. This, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, secret. So now, yes. AT banter, non-committal time. <laughs> yes. There. Will, all we all we'll say is there will be a show. Yes, there will. And we'll be here. Yes, we will. That's it. And there'll be beer. Will there? Sure. Oh, really? You don't even. Okay. Uh, well, I'm in. Good. All right. Well, I'm going to hold you to that, Ryan. All right. Uh, hey, we have a couple other things to talk about real quickly before we go. We have some people to thank before we go, too. Yeah, we do. Uh, first up, let's uh, let's throw a shout-out to Dr. Leo Bissonette, all the way from Montreal, Montreal. who dropped us an email and uh, is a listener. And... He had a question about HD radio and uh, what the implications of HD radio could hold for accessibility, uh, which isn't would be, make for an inter- interesting topic, I think. Yeah, well, I can answer that. Uh, screwed if I know, Leo. Um, uh, thanks for uh, writing. <laughs> yeah, I have, to, I have to admit, I don't really know a heck of a lot about HD radio. Ryan, you're kind of the, the I don't audio know a lot file. about HD radio. There's a lot of radio stations that are using HD radio which i guess is a higher frequency than fm and am of course uh, i guess it's probably the fidelity is probably better and there are standalone hd radio players that you can get but i need to dig into it some more and maybe see if we can find a guest to actually come on and talk about it it's a great show idea thanks leo for mm-hmm. it and uh yeah we'll look into that uh secondly i want to say thank you very much to uh, michael babcock who reached out to us on twitter shared a link with us to the Microsoft accessibility site. Because I guess, I don't know, I, I forget what, what episode it was. I think it was 49. We were kind of complaining mm-hmm. about Microsoft and their documentation. Right. Uh, and, you know, there there is documentation out there. It is true. And, uh, you know, I, I had a look through it. it. It's actually pretty good. Uh, we did link to it in the Microsoft accessibility show that we did with uh, Megan. No oh, good. But uh, we'll link to it again just in case. Um, it's got some good stuff. My only complaint with it is that the documentation is in word format 
which I don't know, Microsoft, come on, PDF it. Because what if so? What if you don't have? What if you don't have Office? Well, you could open it in Google Docs. Can you open up a a, a DocX? Yep. In Google Docs. Yep. All right. Well, but still, come on, Microsoft, PDF it. Anyways, minor complaint, but yeah, no. Thanks, uh, thanks, Michael, for letting us know and sharing that. And uh, he's he's apparently going back and listening to all our older episodes. Oh, don't don't do it, Michael. <laughs> oh, he's on episode five. Episode Tremendous five was pretty time. early. Last on. we heard, he was on five. Yeah. <laughs> some of those some of those early episodes, I've I've gone back and listened to for the you know to get ready for the, our anniversary show and. Yeah, we had some tech issues back then. Did we? <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some tech issues. There's some uh, burps and gurgles uh, on our part. Yeah, yeah. Are we better now? Tech wise, slightly. <laughs> well, we're better tech wise, <laughs> and we're a little better. I think we're a little, we come off a little smoother, maybe. Well, people say they enjoy the show, so they keep listening. So we're doing something right. Yeah, and our numbers we're are growing. Wrong. We're uh, mm-hmm. we're over what twelve hundred for our last uh, last, last week? show. Last week, yep. Yeah, so That's you know, cool. to anybody who's out there who's listening, who's sharing the podcast, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. It's been a long, strange road this past year, but yeah. And now knowing that there's that many people out there, um, you know, I get nervous in front of big crowds. So I'm picturing you all in your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Anyways, the uh, AT banter creepy moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's another show, indeed. Yeah, that's, that, that goes <laughs> after our show. <laughs> we can have a lot of spin-off shows. Uh, all right, anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, oh no, there were some other uh, some other thank yous. There were. Yes, uh, we want to thank Steve Kelly for adding us to the Low Vision Assistive Tech podcast page. Yes, he asked for our RSS oh, feed that's on right. Twitter, and Rob sent him that this morning. So right, we are now on that. his assistive technology blog and podcast page. Thanks, Steve. Uh, hey, Ryan, Rob, where can people find us? www.atbanter.com well delivered, sir. Thank you. With authority. Authority. Uh, they can also email us at atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Wow. Holy God, twice. twice in one show. I know. <laughs> That's amazing. They say lightning didn't strike twice. They and can also find us on Twitter. Yes. And Facebook. And Instagram, sort of. And how's the YouTube channel coming? Shut up about the YouTube channel. <laughs> I edited that out last week. And oh, I did you? That. Yes. Oh, so we're just going to stop the YouTube no, channel. No, I'm not stopping the YouTube channel. I just, I got to, I'm going to get to it and we'll catch it up. It'll be fine. No, it's just, a, it's a pain. It's, it's a pain. Oh, it's it, so time consuming. It, yeah. it is time consuming because you got to convert the video and mm. anyways, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Anyways. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's coming. You know, uh, you know what we should do for the YouTube channel? What? We should do this podcast, but reenact it with sock puppets. I, hmm. Now I'm thinking about that. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Interesting. We, you know, that's something that we didn't try with Uraga. That's right. AT with puppets. Yeah, that's right. We never tried sock puppets. Holy shit. We could be before we could our be time. Something. We could be. Or well, well after our time. <laughs> <laughs> but we could say we have sock puppets on right now. People don't know. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or we could be in our underwear. We that's could be. also true. If you are. 
Oh, You're yeah. not welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Get off my chair. <laughs> okay. Well, then uh, we are running. This is a really long show, so uh, we had a lot of content. Uh, so I think we should we should uh, cap it off. All right. So, to sum up, I'm Ryan Flurry. No, you're going out of order. You have to wait for me. Well, hurry up. Well, listen, it was you a dramatic. It, it was a There's dramatic a pregnant pause. pause in there. Yeah, yeah, pregnant, listen. all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, hand monkey. <laughs> all right, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. I have been Robin O. And I've been Ryan Flurry. And I still am Steve Barkley. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you again next week for episode 52. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com.